Welcome, everyone, to episode 61 of the Kowalski Analysis Podcast, a podcast designed to help you navigate the weight and become the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Rob Kowalski. Make sure, everyone, that you stay tuned till the end as we will be doing another giveaway of a free VIP ticket to Charm City Countdown. You're going to have to stay till the end to see how to win. We had we did this a couple weeks ago, and it was wildly popular. Charm City Countdown is the biggest New Year's Eve party in Baltimore that I throw every year at the BWI Hilton. Literally people coming in from all over the country, and here's your chance to win a free ticket worth $150. Let me tell you about tonight's guest. Actually, you know what? If you guys are watching on Facebook or on YouTube, do me a favor. Drop a comment. Let me know that you're here. Just say hi, hey, hello, whatever. Just give me some kind of greeting. And then if it's your first time tuning in, let me know where you're watching from. I always like when the, to know when the new people are here. Even if you're watching a replay of this months after we did it, I promise you I will see it. I go back through every comment. I reply to many. So let me tell you about tonight's guest. We've been calendar on guests, haven't we, guys? Like we work really hard to get interesting people for me to talk to because I'm really trying to provide some really good entertainment value for you guys out there. And um, this guy, his name is Mitchell Eason. If you've seen the show, The Circle, the reality television show, he was a personality on that show. He's a social media influencer. He's a model. He's an entrepreneur. He rose to fame on uh, that, that show, which was aired on Netflix. And he's also a serial entrepreneur who got started at just eight years old with his first landscaping company. Crazy. Since then, he's gone on to scale various businesses. But here's the coolest thing. Mitchell is a virgin. And he's vocal about his abstinence and he's unashamed to be the one in a million. So I can't wait to talk to him. Before we bring Mitchell in, let me go ahead and announce my sponsors. The very first sponsor I have is Micah Hughes. And Micah is a longtime friend. He helps people achieve financial peace through real estate investing. So if you want to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Michael will come alongside you and walk with you every step of the way. He is a good dude and I promise he'll take good care of you. If that's any of your interest there is his number is 443-532-8450, or you can email him at Micah Hughes at mundalconsulting.com. And my newest sponsor is Advisors Mortgage, and they actually work with Micah and they have a highly competitive pricing structure coupled with their state-of-the-art technology. They're second to none and their commitment to guiding you through the home buying or refinancing process. Advisors Mortgage offers all financing types as well as a close on time guarantee. And you can call Adrian White directly. He's a City Fam guy, actually. 610-999-3448 or visit his website at awhite.advisorsmortgage.com. We'll put all those links down below. So without further ado, let's bring in tonight's guest, Mitchell Eason. Mitchell, what's up, my brother? What's happening? How are we making out? Making out great. Welcome to Kowalski Analysis. Appreciate you having me on, brother. I'm excited Dude, I'm for so, this. Yeah, I'm so glad you came on. I've been studying you, learning more about you ever since Doug told me about your story. It, it's wild. Right back at you, brother. You actually shared me the, your one viral video about the 10 reasons to wait to have sex. And I was like, dude, I got to connect with this guy. And then I actually, I was talking to my assistant, Jess. She's like, he actually been emailing us. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, why did we look into him? And then Doug connected us and lined it right up. So I'm grateful yeah. for that. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It's a great fit. I can't wait to dive into your brain because I, I wish I knew it, how you thought at your age, because it would have saved me. A, I don't know where I'd be right now. I'd be so much further in life if I, you know, had your common sense or just intelligence, should I say? Yeah. You know what though? I feel like it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the journey. Ain't that right? 
Yeah. God's for sure using my stupidity. I often say to people, like when you watch those shows, I don't know if you've ever seen that show scared straight on HBO when they have the criminals tell the kids, like basically like the hardened criminals. So that's yeah. kind of like me with sex. Cause I'm like that guy that's just did everything wrong. And I, I can now speak to it. And people listen to me because they're not going to listen to somebody probably that has never made any mistakes in that area. Guy like now they might listen to you actually, <laughs> because you're like, a, you look like you could get laid pretty easily. <laughs> You know what it is? I feel like, look at every character in the Bible. When you break them down, they're all sinners and mess ups and this and that. So I feel we'll dive into it on the podcast, I'm sure. But my journey really early on was opposite to who I am. And though I didn't dive into sex and different stuff, like yeah. I just failed a lot in relationships and sex and business. And then I started looking, I was like, what the fuck do I really want out of life? What is my core values? What do I stand for here? And then it started adding up and I'm like, Stuff I'm doing ain't me. Like it's the world, it's my friends, it's my environment. And uh, yeah, we, I don't talk much about the back end of how I, I got to make this commitment. A lot of people just are like, wow, you're a virgin, you're Mr. Perfect. I'm like, yeah, quite the opposite, actually. So it's, it's, well, let's, yeah, let's dive into it. But before we do, we like to do this segment. We call it this or that, just a little chance it. to get to know you a little bit. We're going to ask you a few questions and you just say this or that. Okay. Sauce on the side or sauce on top? We talking about pasta? Whatever. On top. Okay, sauce on top. Show or tell? Oh, I want to choose both. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with tell. I can talk my ear. I can talk anybody's ear off. I'll go with tell. Okay, cardio or weights? Weights. Okay, big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Okay, tacos or sushi? Ooh, recently sushi. All my friends have been eating sushi, and I've learned a lot. I'll go with sushi. It's a lot healthier, actually, unless yeah. you get all that fried stuff. But yeah. all right, cool. Yeah, that's it for this or that. All right, so let's get into it, man. Let's just go straight to it. Let's get deep. So when did you begin your abstinence? Well, actually, not when, because you're a virgin. So you've been yeah. doing this. It's, it's been I, my I've, life. Yeah, you, and by virgin, and I've heard you you know, talking about this on the podcast, you never stuck your penis in a, a vagina or a butthole. So that is, <laughs> is, but you have had oral sex more than a few times. It's, is that correct? Yeah, you nailed it on the head. And, and it's so funny. I didn't. I guess we gotta look at what the definition of sex no, is nowadays. We're giving you, we're giving you that virginity. You know, I when I was young, just to make a long story short here, I, I was a dog. Like I was probably a lot like you here, Rob. I was getting anything I could, and it was almost like an ego thing. Once I broke it down, I really realized I was like, dude, I don't really care about this person, this human being, this girl. I just want to really boost my ego and be like, can I get this girl? And sure. then in a non-cocky way, once I started getting all these different hot girls, there's a couple hot girls in like eighth grade that were like the three hottest girls. And I remember like making out with all of them or doing little stuff. And I was like, yeah, and I'd go for like older girls in high school. And then it just got to a point where I was like, what, what am I doing this for? I don't, it's so unfulfilling. Hmm. And long story short, ended up doing a lot of different stuff, but never quite having sex. Like, I don't know why I didn't. A lot of my friends were already having sex around that age. We, we got started young. Even when I talked to my friends, like new friends out here in LA or Miami and stuff, like we were making out with chicks and doing little bits and this and that when we were 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just matured quick. I understood psychology, understood sales at a young age at a landscaping company. And I knew how to talk to people really to, I guess in a fucked up manipulative way to get what I want. You know, when you look at sales, it's really, when you break it down, just asking the right questions, listen to them and, and, and giving a response. Right. And then I just applied that to girls and like 
all my friends were playing the douchebag card and this and that, and that worked. But I was just so upfront and genuine. And then people started liking that. And I was like, wow, this is actually a really easy game. You just listen, you say this or that, you text them this or that, and boom, you got it. So I figured that out at a young age. And then what really hit me was uh, a point in my life, I made some tough decisions. I was really focused on getting any girl I could, feeding my ego. And but not having sex. So you would take it how far? I would do... I would make out, obviously, hand jobs, blow jobs, stuff like that. Like I got a little crazy when I was young. You were ejaculating how, how often, what percentage of the time that you, because that was always for me. Is it was, So for me, that, once I started, now to go back, there's been a couple of times I have to keep really strong boundaries Same. because if I make out with a girl, it just goes to zero to 60 like that. I, I'm like, here's the thing about me, Rob. Everybody thinks I'm this pure saint virgin. And, and to a sense, I'd like to pride myself in some aspect of that, but for the most part, the, the reason I am who I am is because I failed a lot and, and fucked up a lot and realized I don't actually want this. So when I was in like, dude, I kid you not, like eighth grade, I was probably, I, I had it down, like I'm a systems guy. I had it down to a system of exactly what to say, exactly what to do, exactly how to line up. Probably two or three different girls a day after school, like right after school, I'd hang out with a girl, then like dinner time I would, then like late night. And for probably a couple of years, like two, three years, and then I don't know what happened. I, I just started having that kind of post not clarity, if you will, when yeah, I, I, I would just that. look and be like, this is great. This was fun. This last hour with you was amazing. But I was like, I, I don't really care for you. And, and it just kept like, at first it was like, whatever, when we're kids, testosterone's pumping, I'm just hitting puberty, getting yeah. a lot of girls. And that's the thing when you're a little teenager, it's dude, he's hooking up with this girl and this. And that was just the, the talk at the time. But it just really kept dawning on me. It had no meaning, no, no purpose, no connection with them. And then it just started to interest me less. And I think that's when I started stepping into being more of like a man and, and, and defining my own self and my own confidence from yeah. within and not from external validations. And I feel like girls were a part of me being this business owner, good looking dude, getting any girl he wants, like do, do, do. And then when I started taking that away, I was like, I don't need that to define me. I don't need me proving to myself or anybody else that I can get this hot girl. Right. Uh, and then it just became a lot less interesting for me is, is really where I was around 12, 13 years old. Yeah, man. And that's so interesting that you mentioned that you had that awareness that it was for your ego because I didn't have that awareness. I thought it was just horny, but looking back, yeah. if it was just horniness, why was it all the different girls? Cause yeah. the moment I ejaculated, I, it was like any feeling I had for them just shot out the end of my dick. And yep. then I didn't, I didn't, was not interested. And then to your point, it was like all the the, the stuff after that, like having to get them out of the house or they're calling you and you're avoiding. And, and, and this is why I tell people with city fam, that's why we call it friends with better benefits is because yeah, look, that. nothing's going to kill that friendship like sex. So if you, yeah. you could, you, and you probably know this, even from fooling around with girls, you could be like, look, I'm not really looking for a relationship, but if a girl gives you a head and then you decide you want to get head from another girl, maybe, and she's going to be yeah, mad. She's not your thing. She's yeah. not your friend. She, even if she was like, cool, no problem. We could just be friends. I'll just suck your dick. And then if she does it, she's, there's definitely some expectation and then you're going to lose her as a friend. So you won't have that person in your life long-term and you might need that person. That might've been the person that God sent to, to help you get your yep. breakthrough. They, they had that gifting or that skill set to help you get that next step. And you just wasted it on a, a 20 minute blowjob. Yep. So like, I have so many women in my life that if I hadn't figured this whole thing out, I would definitely not be where I am in life because they add so much value to me. 
you know, I didn't have money to pay them when I was starting the nonprofit or, or you know, the different things. If I would have banged them, they would not be my friend right now. Yeah. So it's awesome, man. I'm super impressed by you. Thank you, brother. And yeah, just touching on what you just said there. It's so interesting that when you just stop the sexual activities in any way, you really, I like the point you made in one of your videos was like, you have a real connection. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's way more valuable than any level of like physical intimacy. Cause yeah, you have that, but then that post not clarity has to, I really love this person. I really care for him. Or was I just horny? And right. to me, when you genuinely care for people and you don't do that and you're like, you know what? I don't even care. I just fair can love this person. It could be love as romantic. It could be love as I can love a girl or a guy or a family member as a family type of love. And depending on what it is, it's like when you remove sex from that equation, the clarity just comes in. Yeah. And that's something that I just learned at a young age. And, and I just, I didn't care for it. I don't know what it was. I didn't notice the ego thing at the time. I was now like looking back and reflecting. I'm like, what was I really doing this for? And then I realized it was a lot of ego. But yeah, it just got old, man. I'm just chasing girls. And I had some different priorities in life. And, and it just didn't line up to who I was and what I stood yeah. for at all. For me, it was definitely insecurity. We were poor, moved around a lot, not a male role model. So it was, I was trying to validate myself. And I'm still there's still some brokenness down there. And like, yeah, I, I, I want to feel like a man and, and yep. use a woman, need a, a woman to make me feel like one. But for me, it was, it just all started with God. And I know that's, we'll get into that yeah. with you too, but like the post not clarity I, I, for people that want to understand that a little bit better. If you've ever been like dieting, uh, you probably died. You wanted to mm-hmm. get your body fat down for maybe a show or a model shoot or whatever. And you get a moment of weakness and you eat a, a freaking pizza. Yep. We've all done it. And then you're like, fuck, you're like grabbing your fat. You're like, why did I do that? From the, as soon as you eat it, you, that's exactly what it was like when I would have sex with these girls. The moment yep. I ejaculated, I was like, fuck, like I was empty. Why did I do yep. that? And, and that's what that post nut clarity is that you're talking about. It's Cause as soon as the, the, the thing goes away and that's really, so these girls on the shit show, I watched you on that, mm-hmm. that podcast. And they were like, what happens if you marry the girl and you're, she's terrible in bed. And I'm like, well, that's not love. This is the big <laughs> lie that the devil love is. I will do anything for you. Yeah. I would do anything for you. That is what love is. Lust is what can you do? Can you tickle me? And that's not going to work long-term. Lust doesn't yep. last long-term. So that's the difference because when you're waiting to have sex, you're finding out if your heart is lying to you or not. Cause the Bible says the heart's deceitful. Yep. It's going to trick you, try to tell you, oh yeah, you love her. Just have sex with her. Hold on a second. You ready to go to the justice of the peace and sign that marriage contract? Oh, let me think about yeah, this me, a little longer. A little, let me take a minute longer here to think now about Now I'm yep. asking the hard questions and I'm like, do I really love her or am I just horny? Yep. And that's how you, that's how you don't become a statistic. That's how you don't become one of the 50% of the people that get a divorce and, and of the other 50%, most of them ain't happy. Yep. So you're very wise beyond your years, bro. Uh, thank you. I think it's just from failing a lot, honestly. <laughs> hey, Rob Kowalski here. When I first got serious about living intentionally and becoming a better version of myself, I found a major shortage of things to do and people to do them with. And it was the loneliness and boredom that led me to starting CityFam. So I just want to take a moment right now and encourage you to go over and join the CityFam Facebook community. It's a free Facebook group and in it you'll find purpose-driven people from all over the world that want to enjoy life to the fullest. You can search it on Facebook or you can go to www.friendswithbetterbenefits.com and it'll take you right there. While I'm mentioning it, if you're single, searching for real love, love before sex, as I like to say, I want to encourage you to join the Waiting Works community. That's another free Facebook group I put together designed to help people wait well, date well, and ultimately hit the mark in life and love. And you can go to www.reallovewaits.com and I'll see you over there. Now back to the episode. 
so you got a girlfriend? No, no girlfriend for me right now. It's just focused on myself. I'm so, you know, focused on work, on my goals myself. And then when I have free time, I like kicking it back with some friends, going home, visiting my family. And then from there, I'm like, I get back to work. So I don't date much, honestly. Same for me. I've been on a handful of dates the last 10 years. But so how are you navigating that in LA? Because the culture out there is completely opposite of what you're doing. Do you have a community? Yeah. So it's funny. Like I, I moved from a small town to probably two of the most sin city temptation fairkind places you could probably ever live in the world, which is Miami, Florida for two years. I've been in LA for a year and they're just fairkind ridiculous with the types of people, what you can get involved with, the party scene, the drugs, the this. So I'm around it all. I see it all. I don't really entertain it, obviously, but it definitely was testing me because like small town, you got your temptations, you got your couple girls, you got the parties, you got the bars, right? You go to places like Miami, you go to places like LA, it's a different world. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's horny. Everybody's partying. Everybody's making money. Everybody's famous. And I'm like, this is a bubble. This isn't real life. Like I'm here and I'm talking to my friends about what we're doing on a daily basis and some of the money they're making or this or that. I'm like, dude, five years ago, I was out cutting lawns, listening to podcasts and trying to better myself. And somehow I'm in LA on a Netflix show and this and that, and people throwing themselves at me. And I'm like, it's interesting, but yeah, I feel like now I, I know who I am. I know what I'm going after. And it's cool now to see some of my friends that I grew up with, we grew apart because I was trying to go in one direction and they wanted to stay in the same. They wanted to continue with their concrete company or landscaping company or blue collar job after work, go to the bar with the boys, then go to here, then go to the strip club, whatever. And that was life. That was living. We take our Harleys out in the weekends, whatever. And it was a good time. It was a good life. But then I don't know when I was like 15, I was like, dude, I want so much more than this. I I want a lot in life. I want to be truly happy. I want to chase things that I'm excited about. I want to leave an impact. And my friends were like, "Yeah, yeah, dude, that sounds great. Shut the fair cup and grab a beer. So I grew apart, but now that I moved to Miami, it's, I'm meeting people that are more like me and, and I'm connecting with people that are more like me that are on similar journeys, whether it's in business. I got a couple of close friends now that I met in the past couple of years that we catch up every day, talk about God, what we're reading the Bible, some friends that are like trading different stuff. I'm into the, some of the, the options and stocks and stuff. We're talking about that. So my new group, my new community, we're all trying to better ourselves in some aspect. Mm-hmm. and supporting each other versus like my old group it was all like just toxic trying to hold each other back and just have fun and party and this and that so it's cool to see as you grow the type of people that come into your life that, that are on that same trajectory love it man you're going to definitely attract what you are i say i mean what just to clarify everybody he's saying ferk how do you spell that <laughs> f-e-r-k yeah f-e-r-k yeah I, I just never cursed when i was young and then i, I like just it. always said ferk and here we are do people around you start saying Ferk, I'm guessing? Because yeah, I don't know why it rubs off on people. People <laughs> yeah. like make fun of me at first because, oh, what the Ferk? And then all of a sudden they call me, they're like, dude, I can't stop saying that word. Like it's so easy to use and it's so less aggressive than the F word. I'm like, welcome to the Ferkin club. Yeah, maybe I'll use that. I get a little pushback from uh, cussing online. Or Steal cussing it. On Steal so, it. Yeah, I will. And I'll give you credit, man. So how'd you get cast in the, in the uh, circle? It's an interesting story. I make a long story short. I... I was running this landscaping company. I was like eight years old to about 17, 18. And, and that was my pride and joy. That's what I was working on. But deep down, I, I really knew I was after big things in life. Like I was trying to trajectory to scale my business to the million, to the 10 million, to the hundred million, to the billion. Like I was looking at how major companies were running businesses, what systems they had. There was no softwares at the time for like quoting. So I was inventing them and coding stuff on Excel spreadsheets and really just, I was like a 13 year old kid figuring stuff out. 
And I just had this feeling of like, I was really put here. God blessed me with a certain gift, talent, ability to, to do big things. And it's up to me to put them to work and not waste them. So I knew that, but I'm still figuring out exactly what that is. But I knew in some way, shape or form, I wanted to help people. I didn't know exactly how or what that looked like. So I got into coaching emotional intelligence seminars. I've always studied Tony Robbins, a, a lot of those people like that, a lot of the different studies on like mindset, law of attraction, that type of stuff. And it, it really fascinated me. And then I started practicing it and, and shifting my perspective and, and changing my life. And then I just got addicted. You fall down that rabbit hole of, of self-help, personal development. You start making some changes, getting in better shape, being happier, making more money. You're like, dude, this is a life hack. Right. So I, I took some seminars, got into coaching that and, and fell in love with it. And then I was like, you know what? This was at, I don't know, probably around 2015, 2016. I was like 18. So I, it was when social media was pretty new. Like influencers were huge with 100,000 followers or a million. It was like, dude, that guy's famous. Right. So Kylie Jenner or something at the time had 100 million followers. I remember looking, I was like, dude, if I had that, I could change the world. I was like, I could directly influence 100 million people to just make one little change in their life. And this whole world, the domino effect is going to be crazy. Mm. So I started like, I was posting content my whole life on social media. I don't know why. I just wanted to help people. And I was just sharing my truth. I'll go on my stories and jabber on for 20 stories, like feeling down today. I don't know what it is. I'm in this fog. I can't figure it out. And then two days later, I come back. I figured it out. Guys, look. So all you got to do is look at this and, and I'd break it down. And, and I was getting no views, dude. Some of my YouTube videos, they're, they're on private, but they'll have 22 views, three That's views, awesome. 18 views. But I was pumping out stuff every day. Awesome. And I realized after a point, I was doing everything I could follow on follow. I was pumping out content, using the hashtags, this, that, and the third, and like nothing was working. I'm like, dude, how are these kids doing this? And then I saw, I, I forget who it was at the time, but I saw a couple of people come off some like reality show and they had like 200,000 followers at the time. And I was like, holy crap. Like that's, that's an injection. Like that's a, how you fair can make a jump. So I applied to all these shows when I was about 16 years old. Cause I was like, I just need to, to get more attention so I can capture that and influence more people and leave a bigger positive impact. Right. Like, all right, that's a cheat code. It's not buying followers, but Hey, I'm gonna go on here, capture an audience and then take it where I want. So I applied for all these shows. Long story short, they went nowhere. It was Love Island, Big Brother, The Bachelor, a bunch of different stuff. And I almost went on Love Island and Big Brother until they like asked me my age. I, I made it to like the finalists <laughs> and the guys, dude, you're 16. I'm like, yeah like i thought you knew that he's like nah dude, you gotta be 21 to be on this show i was like what the fuck bro i was like that's five years from now so that never went anywhere like i tried i talked to all these people i was on linkedin i was on instagram looking up producer companies casting producers of shows i was following them on instagram dming them i was applying for different shows they'd reach out to me to have the calls nothing happened and i was like all right time to get back to work and let me kind of pipe dream whatever try my best but what I didn't know was, and something I preach a lot to everybody is like, dude, you don't know who's watching you. So I was posting all these videos every single day going nowhere. But something that kept me going was like, dude, if, if one person sees this and, and decides to just ask themselves a question, what do I want in life? Or am I happy? Or where does God stand in my life? Just basic questions. And then they start thinking about it and they do research and they make a change. All of a sudden, that's a life affected. Like, no matter how small, it's like that's one life that I positively impact with me being here. I'll be happy and fulfilled for the rest of my life. 
That's so good. So I started getting like DMs every so often. I didn't have that much of a following at the time when I was like 16, 17. People were like, dude, you're talking about some real stuff. Like I, I was going through a depression and some of the stuff you were sharing kind of sounded like you were as well. And I was like, yeah, it was a low spot. I was negative. I was in a form of like a mini depression, whatever. Sure. Uh, dude, like your strategy with this or that or journaling, like I, I picked it up and it really helped me and, and I'm happy again and did it in these big paragraph testimonials of, you know, almost giving me credit of like, dude, like this really had an impact on me. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, mm. this is awesome, dude. So long story short, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Not really getting anywhere. And then five years later, like last year, I was like 21, 22 years old. Like it was like a fucking light bulb went off. Like all of these casting producers from Netflix, MTV, fucking NBC, ABC, like all these different shows all of a sudden wanted me on their, their show. It wow. was the, the Bachelor, Big Brother, Love Island, Too Hot to Handle, The Circle, like all these people. And I'm like, what? It, where is this coming from? Come to find out, one of them actually told me, they're like, dude, how are you not on any shows? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, I'm a casting producer. And they sent me a screenshot of my profile. And I might've had 2000 followers or maybe I, I got into modeling and stuff. I went up to like 30,000, whatever it was, but it was not, nothing crazy. And they're yeah. like, dude, I have 60 mutual people that we know. And they're all casting producers. I was like, what? Yeah, dude, like you have like all of my network following you. And it, it didn't ever hit me, but out of those couple of views I was getting every so often, one of them would see it, see me jabbering on, see me just talking about nothing, creating content out of thin air. Like, this kid's got something. Like he's, right. he's not going anywhere with it, but he's still going. So then everybody wanted me on their shows. Like I, I remember I got actually casted for the circle. I said yes to that opportunity. And they're like, dude, you're like a local legend in, in the casting producer network. Like you're more up there than some of the Justin Bieber's and famous people. Cause like they're almost unreachable. Like right. you're someone that we can actually get a hold of. We can get you on the show. We can make it make sense, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're like, everybody's been following you that we know for the last five years. And I had no idea. Like I forgot about them, but I set myself up years ago with doing all that prerequisite work, showing up every day, being my best. And then it was just one day the doors opened up and, and here wow. we are. How's your life changed since being on? It's interesting because it definitely has. I feel like you, you understand this. You don't really recognize your own growth sometimes. So right. I'm still the same kid. I'm a hungry entrepreneur, landscaping guy that's from a small town and just going through life trying to figure it out. So like I, I forget sometimes what I've done, what I've accomplished. And, and I look back and I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty cool. Like myself a little pat on the back there. What I would say the biggest thing is number one, the people that reach out to me daily now, like I, I get a ton of DMs a day and they're powerful because people got to know me on this show. I was sitting in an apartment for, what was it? 20 days, whatever it was filmed. I honestly forget. I think it was like a two week time frame, whatever. Mm -hmm. But all those episodes, me just sitting there talking, reading, meditating, responding to stuff. You know, I was talking about my virginity on Netflix, how important God is. I, I you forget when you're filming, you get used to it. So I'm just thinking right. of having this conversation. So good. And it was funny, Rob, actually, I wrote down, I had a journal and I used to spend a lot of, I do spend a lot of time journaling, but I was on the show and I'm writing down and I would just ask myself questions. I was like, what would you say if you could speak to a million people right now? Like, what would you say? I was like, man, imagine a million people stand out in a crowd, like some Martin Luther King speech or something like huge. And I'm like, what message would you even want to deliver? Cause I'm like, I have so many of them. I'm like, what am I going with here? If I ever presented with that opportunity, what am I saying? And then I look up and there's cameras all around me and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I'm like, I think this show has five, six, seven million viewers on average, whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah. I'm speaking to way more than that. And I was like, I don't right. even know it. Um, so that's been cool. What did you, just what did you land on with that? Because I, I know what I would, it would definitely have to involve Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if, if it was one thing, I'm going to say something about he's just the best decision I've ever made and the most important decision you'll ever make. But yeah, outside of that, I don't know what I would say. There's I would probably just ask some, some kind of thought provoking question. What, what really happens? What's the real meaning of this life? What do yeah. you really believe in? So, something along those lines and, and tie God into that. But yeah, it's definitely, to answer your other question, it's definitely changed my life in, in so many different ways and the doors it's opened up for new opportunities. The, the people I met, a part of the, the production, the casting, the filming, the other individuals I've connected with in the social media space that are teaching me stuff, giving me opportunities. I'm like, wow, I'm just applying my work ethic to a new industry. You know, yeah. Instead of landscaping <laughs> or, or real estate, now it's this entertainment industry. And when you're in the right rooms, it's a different ball game. Bigger doors open up. I'm grateful um, for everything it's given me so far and, and every, everything I've accomplished. But right now I'm like, where are we going next? You know? Yeah. So let's talk about that. So what is, what is the one thing that you're working on that you're most excited about? And then what, what do you think is your greatest aspiration? Where are you trying to go with all this? Hmm. I've been putting a lot of thought into the last few months. You want to get tied up a lot with what's up? You want to be a movie star or make movies no. or where are you going with it? Uh, I, I had that dream for a while. Then I took some acting class. So I was like, I could care less about this. Honestly. But I've been thinking about that a lot the last few months because I'm always all over. Like one of the things I'll, I'll pride myself in is the amount I follow my heart, the amount I try to talk to God and let him lead me, the amount I just don't give a fair and, and, and go for Because I'm like, I'm young. I'm hungry. I don't have a family. Like I, I can do whatever the fair I want right now. So let me do it. So whenever I'm like, I want to try this, I just do it. Recently, Nobody even knows this except for a couple of my close friends. I wanted to look into building this software company. I had some ideas and I was like, all right, let me look into hiring like a developer, this or that. I was like, fair for that. Let me just learn coding. So I bought some Python courses and I'm teaching myself how to code right now. I don't know what it's going to turn into. I got some ideas, but that's something that's just cool. Like I like just when I think of something, I'm like, let me just take action on it right now. Dude, it's so good, man. I just yeah. did a blog earlier and I was like, you got to try new things and you got to give yourself permission to not be great at them for a while. Yep. Yep. You know, like that's it, that's it. most people don't do it. They, they try it, they fail, or they just, for example, the social media thing, perfect example with you. Most people are going to quit after a couple of months that nobody's listening. This is a waste of time. I thought my YouTube channel actually for about a year was a waste. I was just putting out videos. I was like, man, this is a waste. And then that one video went viral, changed our whole organization. I don't think yep. city fan would be around if I didn't do that, that YouTube channel. Yeah, man, that, that's good. So you, I love that. You just try, follow your heart, try new things. So you, do you have a sense though, where it might land? Yeah, no, I definitely got an overall direction. I would say my, my biggest aspiration is in a long story short, to leave an impact on this world so big that I get a Nobel peace prize. That's what I'm after. Like fair yeah, I want money, not for selfish reasons, but like, I see, I want the life. I want to take care of my mom, my dad, my family. I want to give to charities. I want to do all these amazing things. I can't do that. I want to sit in school boards and work on the education system. I'm like, how am I going to do that when I'm out of job? Like, it's just unrealistic. So that's a selfish thing I'm after, but bigger than that, I'm like, I don't care to die a billionaire on an Island and, and fair can leave no impact on this world. It's a meaningless life. If you ask me. Yeah. So I would say my greatest aspiration is that, but um, also integrating more emotional intelligence into the school system. Like I think kids, including myself, should have learned how to deal with failure, how to be aware when you're having negative thoughts, how to process emotions, how to find out what you like in life and how to find out what you're good at and how to find out what you're not. And 
you know, how to basic communicate with other human beings, how to talk about yourself, just basic stuff that I'm like learning now and have been for the last few years, but I'm like, dude, why didn't nobody teach me how to like understand my own mind? Why didn't nobody teach me how to like find out what I like in life? It's just like, yeah. hey, pick a class, go to college, get a job, boom, boom. So to me, there's just like a basic human nature course missing. But I really want to work on that. That's part of why I started learning coding is I wanted to work on some new education technology, integrating that into the school system and maybe online schools, because that's where the, the world's going. So I was like, you know what? I know I want to do that soon. I don't know exactly how just yet, but I was like, let me start taking action in the short term in that overall direction. Yeah. Um, so that's really what I'm most passionate about is, is helping the next generation of kids that aren't really born yet. Love it, man. There, there needs to be some kind of reform because they haven't done reform the education system probably ever you're it's, still learning about like shit from a few hundred years ago like stuff that you're yep. ne probably never going to use like why don't we read how to win friends and influence people exactly Maybe do something where you can yeah figure out what you're really passionate about I and mean, i've do a, i've done a ton of life coaching and figured it out years after i was out of yep. high school but yeah there, there's some very basic stuff that's missing even passive income stuff like that stuff simple yeah. stuff common sense course is what we need yeah love it so let's talk about what are your views on self-gratification? Because you're a virgin. Mm -hmm. so I heard you talk about you're doing NoFap. Are you still trying to do that? Oh, yeah. Honestly, I was about to ask you what self-gratification, man, but I, I got the, <laughs> the now. Oh, pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So, so are you, you still on that train? Yeah, I I don't know why I, I came to that. I guess it's part when you fair can rub one out, there's just a level of guilt you feel. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it. Even all my friends that aren't even Christian or religious or whatever it is. I just feel like a little pussy when I jerk off. I just feel so after, yeah. I'm like, dude, me too. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I know it's wrong and it's self-pleasure and you're looking at pornography, whatever it is. And I'm like, this isn't me. And I can control my sexual desires when I'm with girls now. And I'm like, why can't I do it myself? So I just set challenges to like be in control of that. And then I started looking into it because one of my, I was telling my friend years ago, I was doing it. This is way back, maybe five years ago, six years ago. Uh, and they're like, oh, you're doing the, uh, the no fat, this and that for, for like testosterone boost. And this. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, you don't know this, the, the research behind when you don't blow your load. I'm like, honestly, no, I was just doing it to practice my own control and be in control of my own mind and body. So I start looking into it and all these testosterone boost, energy benefits, uh, a lot of different stuff. And I'm like, this is a win for a lot of reasons. This is like right. a win in self-control. This is a win in discipline. This is a win in boosted energy and testosterone. This is a lot of different things. Yeah. I do practice no fat. I don't try to, but in fact, we're all human every now and again, same. you gotta let loose. You know what I mean? Same, like I, you know? Yeah. And if you don't nocturnal emissions happen, but I think it's yeah, no, that's, that's something that like, I didn't really have until <laughs> yeah. I got older and like right. my friends practice it as well. And like, now we'll, we'll shoot each other. Dude, it's been like three weeks or 25 days. And like last night was wild. Cause it's got to come out somehow. No right. joke. Yeah. That's definitely one way it comes out. Been on the toilet and seen it like just ooze out. I'm serious. It just sitting there and it just comes out like oozes out. Not much, but a little bit. And I think you just get, it, it, I don't even want to go down that path. But <laughs> the funny thing is people think it's unhealthy not to ejaculate or to, if you're not ejaculating often, they think it's unhealthy. Like you got to do it, man. And I'm like, actually it's funny because your body does take care of itself. If you need to release, you'll release in your sleep, yep. but there's tons of benefits to no fat. And I really believe in sex transmutation. I've talked about it in my book. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with it? No. Briefly okay. on that. 
Yeah, check it out. It's in, it was in Think and Grow Rich, okay. that, that book. And Napoleon Hill talks about how sexual energy is the strongest form of all human energy. And you can harness it and repurpose it, redirect it for other things. So, wow. And he talked about how it's almost like a dam. And if you dammed, the river would build up. But eventually that energy, that sexual energy is going somewhere. And it, when it does, it finds an outlet. It just takes off. And I look at the last 10 years of my life since I really got on this abstinence kick. And I've just done way more than I did the 38 years before that. And it's got to be somewhere related to that. You can never prove it, but I've just done so much, so much more in the last 10 years. Part of it was because I wasn't chasing tail and that yep. take, does take up a, a lot, lot of time. time. Yeah. Hangovers and late nights and just all the energy and thought that yep. go into this girl, that girl. So I think that, yeah, man, I definitely think that there's for sure something to it. What's that called again? I didn't know the name of that. It's called sex transmutation. Yeah, dude, I figured that out as well. I didn't know there was a name for it. I never researched it. But when I would get horny or want to like jerk off or hit up a girl or whatever, I started realizing like, all right, I'm almost so distracted because this is just taking over my mind. I'm like, I, I either got to go just fucking hang out with her or hitting me up because it's so on my mind. I got to go jerk off. I was like, I really am just trying to sit at my computer. I'm, I'm like, fucking not here. Yeah. But then I realized like, all right, what can I do right now? To, like, you ever notice when you're tired? And it's fair, can, could be midnight, whatever. And you're like about to fall asleep and a girl hits you up. And it's like the one, you know, that one really hot girl you've been gunning for. And she's like, hey, I need a ride. I'm like, whoa, and then you just get up. You're like, let's go. So to me, I realized, I was like, dude, why am I so tired right now? But then if I think of one dangerous thought in my mind, I can get an immediate energy boost and have a crazy sex drive and all these things start pumping. Everything else sure. happens in our body. So I started using that when I would be like tired or something, or if I was ever horny, I would just try and focus that into like my work. And I'd be like, all right, let's use that. And let's focus on this task. Or if it was too much, I'd be like, all right, let's go work out. Let's use this. It's like building up and you can feel it. I don't know how to describe it. You would know. Everybody and knows after you bust one, you want to take a nap. Yep. So I would just use that energy, dude. I would go work out. I channel into work and, and I had some of the best workouts when I was like, so close to having to like jerk off or something. Cause it's been my, my streak was recently like 62 days or something. Awesome. I was like, dude, like at some point, it's just like very tough to do. Like we're all yeah. humans. It's yeah. fair can human nature. So I, I would just be at my wits end. I'd go work out and I'm like, like just going in the gym. And that's, I guess is what you described. So I believe in yeah. that as well. And what's funny is masturbation is not even in the Bible. There's yeah. no scripture that says it's wrong. There is a scripture that says if you lust after a woman in your mind's eye, you commit adultery in your heart. It's pretty hard to rub one out if you're not thinking about yeah. somebody. I've actually done it before because I, yeah, I signed this covenant that I wouldn't hold a lustful thought in my head, and I was trying to find some loophole. I've been there, <laughs> but it, it wasn't very enjoyable at all. So give me a like a crazy experience. I heard you talk about it on a podcast. I'm hoping you maybe just for selfish reasons, maybe you have something else that comes to mind, but like a response that was just wild when you told a girl that you were waiting. Oh, there's, I got a lot of different ones. I can imagine. Yeah. It's so it flips interesting. Her, flips her wig, right? It, I didn't realize it. It was funny. Uh, Rob, I, I understood girls in psychology at such a young age. But what I didn't understand was the back end, which is people want what they can't have. I did not understand that principle just yet. So I was playing the, the, the douche. Like when we were kids, girls like the guys that were douchey because they were, you know, seen as, you know, confident and in control and could provide them safety that like you talk about. And it's, they just feel good. 
maybe not really because the guy's affair can hand job to him. But I, I played that card a little bit. I was making money in my business. I was getting all the hot girls. I was like a little entrepreneur model kid in my little town and, and boosted my ego. I was super confident, borderline arrogant. And I played that card. And then when I checked myself, I was like, yes, ain't me. And, and I went through some different stuff. I'm sure we'll touch on and really define myself and made the commitments I am. I just was so genuine and inadvertently I started accidentally getting more girls or more opportunities. I'm like, dude, come on. I was like, this is almost I, I, like, I was like, God, are you testing me here? Cause I was like, before I was chasing all these girls and right. now I'm like, not even remotely trying, not even if I talked to a girl, it was so genuine. Cause I'm like, all right, I don't care to do anything sexually with this girl. I'm obviously committed to not having sex. Now, let me just connect with this human being. Right. And what would happen is we'd spiral into some crazy deep conversation about God or psychology or, or their childhood traumas or, or something. And it was just like such a connection moment. And then they would try and take it a step farther and start kissing me or this or that. And like trying to have sex. And I'm like, I, I don't know how we ended up here. Like I did not, like I had this conversation many times. I'm like, look, I did not actually like, I'm going to be so upfront with you. Like, I do think you're beautiful. I did not think we would come here. Like, I just wanted to talk to you or we're out at a, a social event. Boom, boom. And some girls took it super well. If we had that kind of connection and it's all oh, wow, like that's you know, impressive. That's powerful. But other girls that when I was going through that middle ground, where I hadn't really made that commitment yet, but was still having my fun with girls. It, it's not a conversation. So you don't walk up to her, like, yo, by the way, I'm a virgin. That's not a strong pickup line. So I would hit on girls or do different stuff or hang out with them. And we, you know, start getting into some stuff, doing some bits here and there. And they would try and take it that step further. And maybe not on the first time, but if I was kind of talking to them, second, third time we hang out, they'd be like, all right, like trying to have sex. Let's have sex. Let's do this. And I'm like, I just got to tell you, I'm a virgin. And, and sometimes I was up front with them. And again, it was good. And, and they were like, wow, okay, whatever. Other times I forgot to mention that until the heat of the moment. And <laughs> girls don't like that one. They don't like being ready to roll and you being like, oh, we're going to pump the brakes here. So there's been some interesting stuff happen. There's definitely been the fair share of freakouts with girls that just did not accept that. Girls still tried to have sex. I mean, I'm almost like, we're not doing that. Yeah. Uh, I got to like physically like push them away, like literally. Yeah. And then the one time I share on that podcast, this girl like a these, these, all these guys are out here watching like that poor bastard. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, like this is fucked up. I'm trying to tell you I'm not having sex with you. You're trying to have sex with me, but. Nobody's um, pitying you, bro. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's interesting. I'm trying to think the one example stood out was when I shared on that podcast, this girl was fucking furious, like furious. Like I've never had an experience like that. That one sticks out is she's just fucking trying to get mad at me to have sex with her. I'm like, dude, this isn't working. I don't know what you're trying. This is weird now. This is bizarre. And she like tried like hitting this other girl I was dancing with. That was part of fashion week. I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Like, I've never seen this shit, but there's just been the fair share to a girls that stumble out. Like. If we're in the moment, I didn't tell them. And I tell them now, they're like, are you effing kidding me? What do you mean? You're not having sex with me? Da, da, da. And they get mad and don't want to talk to me after that. And I'm like, I guess I understand. <laughs> Probably not my best move. But what I found too is where the girls that were in the middle, that didn't know I was a virgin, but actually had somewhat of a care for me. It wasn't just like a random meetup. And it wasn't like a crazy angry one. You know, that there, was the, there was the fair share of girls that were legitimately angry. I wouldn't have sex with them. And I was like, this is weird. But the ones in the middle were where I found that new breakthrough of people want what they can't have, where when I would tell them, they thought I was joking, would still try to like come on to me or have sex or talk me into it. And I'm like, no, like you don't understand. I'm dead serious. Oh my gosh. Like I honestly thought a lot of people joke around about that. 
And they're like, why won't you have sex with me? Am I not good enough? Are we not close yeah. enough? Do you not care about me? Like when we were in that middle talking phase and I'm like, right. no, like it, it's nothing against you. I was like, it's my own commitment to myself and to God. It's nothing like, whoa, what am I too fat? Am I not pretty? I'm like, oh my, I'm like, dude, like yeah. this is a 10. Like you're a solid nine or a 10. I'm like, you're like the one every guy tries to have sex with. And I'm like, it's kind of weird that I'm telling you no. But then I started realizing like these girls never got told no before. They're right. the freaking ones at the top, bro. And, and when yeah. they hear that, it's what? It's a, it's, it's a mind furk. <laughs> yeah. So I learned that lesson. And then that inadvertently reverse psychology kind of makes them want even more. Just I wanted the hot girl because she was the yeah. hot girl and every guy wanted her and I wanted to get her. Yeah. Uh, and then a sudden I became this attractive virgin guy that no girl could have sex with. And it was like a little challenge for some girls. Like they wanted yeah. to try and break me. And I'm like, I was like, this is weird. I like flipped the role in a sense, like by accident. Like I fully, people like think I know what I'm doing. I'm like a master manipulator. Like I think on that podcast, ah, like you get a rise out of that. I'm like, no, I don't like, it's just me. I'm living my life and stuff happens. And then I paid attention to that. I'm like, this is an interesting thing in psychology. How now all these girls I used to try so hard to just hang out with or hook up with or do little bits with are all of a sudden like almost falling in love with me and wanting to have sex with me like so much. And I'm yeah, like, man. this is weird. It's this such a good weird. point to mention because it's like when I really, you know, started living for Jesus and got serious about walking that narrow path, yeah. it's like girls think they want a bad boy, but they really don't. When they yep. see a guy that's really exemplifies Jesus Christ, that's what they want. Cause they're like something inside. They're like that he would be a good husband or a good father or whatever it is. It's yep. just in, in wired, ingrained in the person that would, you know, that's makes them want you because it's so rare because yeah. so many guys are out there trying to bang, but I was, I just thought that was interesting. I figured that's what girls would think because a lot of women are so attached to, if you don't want to have sex with them, it means because you don't like them. And it's now I really, I pretty much had, I had sex with a lot of women. I didn't like, yeah. I don't have to like you to perk you. It's funny that you just brought that up. When you start walking that narrow line with Jesus, it, it's to me, I, I had phases. So it wasn't like all of a sudden I was born and I'm a virgin and I believe fully in God and all this stuff. Like it was your taught, your learned. I went to Catholic school, didn't really learn, didn't really have a good relationship with God. I could tell you all the commandments. I could tell you all the textbook stuff, but I was like, who is God to me? I, I never really prayed to him. I say the hell Mary and our father, but I don't have a relationship. So as I grew older, I started wanting that more and more. And that's when I transitioned out of my little man whore phase, if you will, I hadn't had sex yet, was doing everything else, getting all these girls. And then I was in that middle ground, reading the Bible. I was trying to get in touch with God and I knew this was wrong, but I was still doing it. Like it wasn't like a full light switch yet. Mm. And that's where a lot of that kind of kickback happened. I was still chasing girls. Sometimes I really wasn't, it was just genuine. And, and it was this weird middle ground of now this girl wants me because I know I don't want to have sex with her, but I still want to do stuff with her. It was, a, it was an awkward middle ground because I was like, trying to get with these girls, we would do stuff. And then when I have sex and I tell them no, and they're like, what the fair? Like you would just, like, what do you mean? So that's why someone would get angry. And I'm like, you know what? I see their point. And, and then what really happened for me was when I did make that hard, fast commitment, I was probably about 15. I was around 12, 13 when I started realizing something's not right. When I was getting a lot of girls, eighth, ninth grade. Dude, that's amazing, man. Yeah, it was <laughs> at that young age. I was so freaking girl crazy at 13, 14. Yeah, I was gun hell. I was freaking animal. And, and that's why when I, what happened was I made a commitment to, to make money, to make a hundred grand and to read the Bible cover to cover. Um, it was right when my business was starting to take off. I was making really good money as a kid and my parents were going through a divorce right around that time as well. 
a little bit later, but they were struggling stuff. So I was like, you know what? Like you can either step up, you can step into a man, you can start making money. You can help the parents out with the bills. You can be there for them. You can support them. You can build your company or you can go hang out with another girl after school today. What's it going to be? And to me, the obvious answer was like, let me fucking get serious here. So once I did that, I remember reading the Bible, just like I said, and I read in there, like you shouldn't have sex until marriage. And I'm like, yeah, fucking, this is at my prime time of being a little man whore. And I'm like, I haven't had sex yet. I don't know why, you know, it just hadn't happened yet. I'm pretty young there. And it just stuck with me, dude. And that was that middle ground. But then once I fully made that commitment is when some of that kickback started happening in the inverse is when I was just so utterly me and not trying to get girls and would just be out with friends and start talking to this girl that we were friends with, whatever. Yeah. And we would just connect on such a deep level and they would be like, oh, they would want to take it to the next level and, and start doing stuff and having sex. Mm-hmm. And then for, for you to resist that and say no is so tough. But then you start learning the inverse, which we just talked about is then it's, you're just in control of your own mind, your own body. And you start building. I had started to build real emotional connections with girls that I'd never had. And then the sex desires would come from both of us. But I'm like, hold on. I made this commitment. And then like you said, then it's, wow, they really see something different in you that they don't yeah. see in other guys. It's amazing, man. I had a guest on um, my show, actually, was it last episode? Two episodes ago. And his name is Rabbi Daniel Lapin. They call him America's Rabbi. And he has something called the five Fs. It's family, faith, finances, fitness, and friendships. And I saw you on that shit show podcast. I think the girl asked you, don't you get lonely or something? So it was like that, something like that. And you're like, yeah, not really. You're like, I hang out with friends and you just were like, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. I really want to throw this question out there is those five F's family, faith, finances, fitness, and friendships. How does not having strong boundaries with sex take us away from some of those things? Cause I know how it did in my life. Yeah. Go ahead. Dude, just to touch on that. I feel like we, we almost went over that. Like when when you're focused on, especially guys, girls, I I understand have their own desires. They want to do stuff as well. But I feel like guys, for the most part, spend a lot of time looking, chasing, trying, failing onto the next, texting multiple girls. Like it's, it's cliche for a reason. A guy's a player, girls, whatever they're hard to get, or they're hoes, whatever it is we talk about. So to me, when I was in that phase, you look at me 10 years ago, I was a little 12 year old kid chasing around all these girls. I was spending so much time talking to them at school, spending so much time texting them after school, so much time hanging out with them, spending all this time doing different stuff, whatever it was, watching a movie, going here, coming over, hanging out for hours on end. My family was suffering. I wasn't hanging out with them. My friends, I wasn't seeing them unless we were all hanging out in groups. My business was suffering because I was like, dude, I didn't work today because I hung out with two different girls. Like what the fuck? So to me now, like my, my priorities are flipped. It's not who's the hottest girl I can get. It's I'm trying to grow my relationship with God. And that's my first and foremost priority. That's where I start my day off with praying and reading the Bible, doing a little meditation. And now it's when I don't have, when I'm focused on myself, my relation with God, then comes, all right, I want to create a future for myself. I want to create a business. I want to create an impact. And right. then comes, all right, I want to go get my body in shape. You know, I want to work out. I want to do this. I want to read more. I want to learn more. Okay, now I got, you know, some free time here and there. I want to see some friends. I want to hang out. I want to have a good time. I want to go do something fun. I want to go skydive. I want to go get on a dirt bike. I want to have fun. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, like I live away from my family. I live across the country. So months go by and I talk to them, but I'm like, dude, I haven't seen, I haven't been home, been home once this year. And it just hits me. I'm like, I got to get home. And I go home, get family. I'm like, all right, I got to get back to work. I can get back to my routines. So it's this little cycle for me where I'm just focused on myself, focused on my relationship with God, focused on my business, focused on my body, hanging out with friends, keeping up with family, doing fun things that excite me. 
So then to add a girl into the mix, I'm sure it could work. But to me, it's just not on my priority list. Like all my other friends are like begging for girl. Dude, I wish I had a girlfriend. I'm like, for what? I'm like, dude, I couldn't even like right now, imagine having one. Like I'm, I'm sure they'll compliment me and that's what I'm looking for. I don't need one. And if one comes around, that'd be great. I'm not gonna be opposed to it, but I'm not like going out of my way on 10 dating apps and different blind dates or whatever. Like I'm just living my life, having fun doing everything to the best of my ability. And, and, and those are my priorities now versus yeah. the inverse. That's a great place to be. Cause when you're desperate, you're not going to choose what you really want. You're going to, as every, I often compare it to going to the grocery store hungry, yep. you're, hungry you're going to take some, some shit home that you didn't want. And then you're going to regret yep. later. And it's the same thing with dating. If you're dating out of loneliness, that's not a good place to be. But I, I think the thing, there's this verse in the Bible that I often reference and it says, it was in the New Testament. It says, let no one be sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright for a bowl of stew. And I remember the first time I read it, I was like, the hell are they talking about Jacob and Esau and mm -hmm. being sexually immoral? I didn't, get the, I didn't get the correlation. But if you think about it, remember J Esau comes in from hunting. Jacob is making stew. Esau's starving. He's like, give me a bowl. And Jacob goes, sure, give me your birthright. Yep. And, es and Esau does it. He trades his birthright, something permanent that would have lasted yep. him his whole life for something very temporary and three hours later, four hours later, whatever, guess what? He was hungry again. And that's what sexual immorality is, is yeah. we trade something permanent, which yeah. is our purpose. It's everything you just mentioned, becoming the best version of ourselves, our finances, our family develop, cultivating a community. I didn't, I never had cultivated a real community until I stopped having sex. Cause I didn't need to, I just hopped from girl to girl. Yep. So I, I didn't really need to have real friends that added value to me. And I had values to when I stopped that, when I was like, okay, I'm not having premarital sex anymore, I got lonely and I was like, I got to find other kinds of friends besides party friends because I don't want to go to the environments where everybody's partying because I'm exactly. not trying to get late anymore. And then you're just broke back into that scene. Yep. Yeah. So it was, it, it's that one decision that's so impossible to see on the front end because you're like, how's this going to, besides me not getting late, how's this going to benefit my life? But it does, it touches everything. Yeah. That one decision. And it's so hard to know that in the beat on the front end until you start doing it but man i love talking to you dude so tell everybody how they can find you i'm pretty much mitchell eason everywhere um, uh, yeah mitchelleason.com instagram is mitchell eason facebook youtube everything okay i'll put all the links uh in the show notes so follow them on instagram you got a website is it mitchelleason.com mitchelleason.com yeah Okay. Awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to title this episode, Virginity Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Do it up, brother. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on Mitchell. No, I this was a pleasure. I could kick it. I could, I can't believe we've been on for as long. I thought this was like the first 10 minutes of the intro here. Yeah. Dude, I know. We we're just, just blew by, didn't it? We we're just getting warmed up, but now dude, it was a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. I love talking about this. And when I get my podcast kicked up, I'm working on that right now. I want to get you on there for sure. Yeah. I'd love to come on. I saw your thing in the hot tub with uh Harry. So that is that, what yeah. you, is that what you're going to do? No, that's a little YouTube segment, but I definitely want to get a, a more formal podcast going to talk about more value add stuff like this mindset. Yeah. God, that's fun. Influencer talk, fair news, whatever. I don't know. Love it, man. Love it. All right, brother. Well, it's great connecting. Likewise, Rob. All right, guys, that was my episode with Mitchell Easton. What a cool conversation. What a cool dude. Uh, definitely looking forward to staying connected with him. But as promised, I want to go ahead and do that giveaway right now to the biggest New Year's Eve party in Baltimore, Charm City Countdown, NYE 2022 at the BWI Hilton. It is an amazing event, guys. It's like Disneyland for adults. It really is. It's such a good event. I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a second, but here's how we're going to do it. I want you to drop the, the term virginity rocks in the comments right now. 
wherever you're watching, if you're not watching it on Facebook or YouTube, I'm not sure that I'll actually see it. So you might have to stream this. I'll be watching this on one of those two platforms, but drop, drop that in the comments. Now, definitely if you're on Facebook or YouTube, even, but if you are watching it somewhere else and it has a comment feature, drop it there. Maybe I will see it. And we're going to pick one lucky winner on the next episode. And we're going to announce them for a free VIP ticket to new year's Eve, 2022 charm city countdown. You can find more information about it at charmcitycountdown.com. It's uh, one of these deals. It's five hours long, nine to two o'clock, 9 PM to 2 AM. All your drinks are included. All your food is included. We have people flying in from city fam from all over the country that are going to be getting hotel rooms and staying there, meeting each other for the first time. It's going to be a great event. We'd love to see you. So check it out and uh, yeah, drop that comment and we will see you on the next episode. Peace out.